It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. And of course, uh, we are celebrating today the uh, 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment. And I uh, wanted to get some some special insight on this and really pleased to have joining us on the program today, Sydney Walker. Uh, she's a graduate of BYU in journalism and uh, is a reporter for the Church News for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And uh, first, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Boyd, for having me. I'm excited to be here. So this is a, a, an interesting uh, time, of course, in terms of uh, looking at the celebration of the uh, 19th Amendment. And there are such strong ties uh, to that suffragette movement uh, and the state of Utah. You've done a, some extraordinary reporting on all of that. Uh, just give us a, a little sense of what was that impact? What was that connection? Yeah, the the connection is strong. You know, we, we were celebrating the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment, but this year, 2020, also marks the 150th anniversary of Utah women being able to vote. Um, they actually were the first in the nation to vote under an equal suffrage law when Utah was a territory um, back in 1870. Um, that right was revoked, and then they worked to get that right to vote back into the state constitution and continued to push for national suffrage. Um, so you have women in Utah like Emily B. Wells and, and her associates who worked very hard with Susan B. Anthony, Elizabeth Cady Stanton on the national stage um, to make sure that all women in the United States um, would have this right. Uh, so, so important. And, and I think those uh, early connections were so interesting. Uh, and a lot of those uh, women uh, like Emmeline B. Wells, uh, who I understand you have a unique connection to, uh, she was one who, who really influenced not only that movement here in the West, but actually had a national voice as well. Yes, she she did have a national voice. Um, and I do. So my I learned recently that my fourth great-grandmother um, was Jane Snyder Richards, and she was a friend of Emmeline B. Wells. And so it's it's been fun to go back and look through that that family history and um, learn how Emmeline, um, you know, served her and served the women around her, and then and then also how Emmeline was so influential. Um, going back to um, uh, Susan B. Anthony, there was a meeting um, in which um, Susan B. Anthony put her arm around Emmeline, you know, in front of all these national women. So. It's neat to see these Utah women and and um, and also my personal connection be be recognized nationally and, and realize that they are so involved to help um, women gain the right to vote. Yeah, and there's a there's also an interesting tie I think in terms of uh, again those that were living here in Utah and uh, were members of the Relief Society of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints and uh, and that continues on through today and and I, I believe it was uh, President Gene uh, B. Bingham. Uh, the current Relief Society president for the church, uh, who talked about, hey, we can we can do some good uh, individually, but it's only if we come together can we do the greater good. 
Yes, absolutely. Um, and, and that reminds me when I was writing the article about Emmeline, um, a couple weeks ago, you know, her, her, some of her diaries were recently published. Um, Lisa Olson Tate, a historian, um, at the Church History Library pointed out that, you know, Emmeline and, and the women she worked with, they recognized the social disadvantages of their time. Um, but they advanced women's rights without setting up a dynamic, um, you know, that was against the men or the community. They worked together. And it's an important thing that we can learn from, that men and women are ultimately stronger and happier when we work together instead of trying to accomplish things individually. Oh, I love that. I uh, One leader I've worked with, uh, she made a, a really interesting comment. She said most of the bad decisions she had experienced in her professional life uh, were the decisions that were made when there were either all men in the room or all women in the room. Uh, and that the key was you really had to have both men and women at the table and with a voice in order to get to the the best solutions. Yeah, absolutely. And and we can see evidence of that, you know, all throughout um, Utah's history and and national history, trying to help women gain the right to vote, that it it is, in fact, having both groups together present speaking so that all voices are heard and and represented equally. Yeah. And, of course, we have a lot of attention uh, going on this year uh, with Martha Hughes Cannon, and another, uh, in addition to Emmeline B. Wells, uh, who had a both a local and a national influence. Uh, we'll have her statue. We'll take its uh, right and proper place in the United States Capitol coming up here in the fall. Uh, what else do we learn from, from her experience uh, as a woman in this period of time? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So, you know, once full suffrage was secured, and this was at least um, – in, in Utah, so so um, suffrage was written into the state constitution before it was ratified nationally. But Dr. Martha Hughes Cannon ran um, for state senator, and she won, and she actually won the election over her husband, which is which I um, love. An interesting <laughs> fact. Yeah, and so she becomes the first female state senator, and and I think that example alone that wow, women can do this. Women can be involved politically and and take part and and raise their voice and sit at these tables and in these rooms and and these discussions with men to help progress and advance women's rights, right? That didn't end with um, with it being written in the Constitution. It didn't end with the 19th Amendment. It continues. Yeah, and I think that's an important point you raised, Sydney, is that uh, this is an ongoing thing. Uh, obviously, society has not uh, solved this as we haven't solved so many other problems uh, in our society. Uh, but this is something that, uh, that you get to observe uh, as you observe the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and its leaders, particularly its, its female leaders, uh, in terms of what they do for women around the world that actually helps them find their voice and then use their voice. Yes, yes. I, I remember sitting in the, the, so the opening night of the exhibit, Sisters for Suffrage, which is a fantastic exhibit, the Church History Museum. I was sitting next to President Jean B. Bigham, who, who represents the women organization of the church. And, and she said, you know, this story inspires me to be a persistent voice for women. They did it, and so can I. And, and I take away that same message, right? If they could do it, I can too. Whatever my sphere of influence, whatever my small circle is, I can speak up and um, and not take for granted the rights that I have that these women work so hard for. Yeah, so important. Such a great uh, topic. And, and again, on a day when we celebrate uh, the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment, and uh, as you mentioned, Sydney, so many other things that uh, have changed and things that need to continue to change uh, as we move forward in a very complicated world. Sydney, I really appreciate your writing, love your writing, appreciate your insight and wisdom uh, and all you share on this uh, particular topic today. 
Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate the chance. All right. Again, that's uh, Sydney Walker, a reporter with the Church News, uh, talking through some of the connections that uh, come here to the state of Utah. We talk about that 19th Amendment uh, and the unique voices that came out of the West. Again, Emmeline B. Wells, uh, Martha Cannon, uh, all of those were so significant, uh, again, locally in the region here of the West uh, and also nationally. Uh, and uh, just to bring things full circle there, you know, to recognize, again, I, I don't think the president did anything significant today in pardoning uh, Susan B. Anthony uh, today. I think that was a little bit of pandering. Uh, and I will say this again, uh, the women of this country, the women of the world do not need to be pandered to. Uh, they need a seat at the table. Uh, they need a chance to have their voices heard and engage in the process. Uh, again, I go back to that. Most bad decisions happen when you either have all men or all women in the room. So it's having everyone with a seat at the table and a voice to be heard is where we get our best results in our society. All right, we're going to step aside. When we come back, Chris Stewart is going to talk about a radical idea he is defending. You don't want to miss it. Stay here on KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.